family, and welcome to another episode of Normal with Autism. We are walking with faith on this side of the spectrum, and we are the podcast that invites you to the kitchen table to experience the joy in the journey. I'm Tara. I'm Sarah. Hi, friend. What's up? Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of speechless at this point. We have so much going on, and I guess we're just going to get right into it because uh, we have a special guest. Are you ready for this? I, I think so. Are you? Okay. Yeah. I'm good. I'm good. Okay. I'm good. All right. Okay. I'm fine. Everything's All fine. Right. We have a special guest, and I will give you a hint. He is a best-selling author. He is a podcaster, and he knows Oprah, and he surfed with a Foo Fighter. It's Rob Bell. Hi, Rob Bell. <laughs> what like an me, Rob Bell. What an introduction. As in, Tara's Tina Fey is here, you guys. He's here. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I don't think surfing with the Foo Fighter is in the official bio. Is, is that correct? That's correct. Did you surf with David Grohl? I don't even know how you would even know that. Did I tell a story sometime about it? Something? Yeah, you told us. Yeah, you meet all kinds of people in the water. Yeah, we're so happy you're here. It's, a, it's an honor. What's it like in L.A., weather-wise? Uh, the sun is shining. Can you see that palm tree? I love oh. it. So I want to be there. beautiful, and they are boarding up all of the stores at the end of our block in anticipation of... Uh, whatever might be coming with the election because during the protest and looting everything got like wrecked like oh, windows no. smashed just massive destruction so oh my goodness over the weekend we noticed everything was getting so there's like crews with particle board like all the restaurants the stores you can just go block after block and it's just solid like wood and everything so that's what it's like it's beautiful and it's whatever this moment in history is you know what i mean apocalyptic it's all of it at the is that same the word time. you're looking for <laughs> it's it's all it's all of it at the same time i i kind oh of goodness. wonder i kind of wonder if that will happen here in downtown columbus um because we had quite the show with yeah. our protest the last yeah. time well we're three hours ahead so we'll happening. let you know if you need to uh yes oh got it second cover <laughs> yes got it yes. thank you true well we are happy to have you here because we are going to talk about your new book, Everything is Spiritual by Rob Bell. And I want you to know that I'm reading this and that most of the pages look like this with notes that I've taken. Oh, see, that is like, I mean, you work at a book for a long time. You sort of sit there all alone crafting it. But then when people show you what they've highlighted or posted it or circled, it's so meaningful because it's like you're writing about what it's like to be you trusting that that's how we'll meet each other. You know, I look far enough inside of me, I find you. I look far enough inside of you, I find me. And then when that happens, it's, yeah, I'm so glad you held that up. That's so meaningful. It's so moving. Is it kind of like, you know, being on stage or um, putting a song together and then people are singing the song back to you that you put together? Well, yeah. I mean, I can only imagine the two of you start your podcast and start talking about your experience. 
And I can only imagine a number of other people go, oh, wait, that's what's been like for me. And the more you name what it's been like, thinking, I don't know if anybody's ever had this, people are like, yes, yes, I know exactly what you're saying. And it's, and then people are thanking you, but the connection was enough of a thank you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're, you're already overwhelmed with gratitude that they even said, yes, I know what you're talking about. So, mm-hmm. Wonderful. So it works with the heart. Yeah. Yes. I wrote yes a lot in the book. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Can we start kind of in general and then get into the details? Sure. So it's an expansive book. It feels expansive. Because at one point, or at least several points through the book, you were actually talking about the universe expanding, atoms, molecules, the Big Bang Theory. But then the book also gets really personal and gets really zoomed in because you talk so lovingly about your grandmother. (laughs) Yes, Eileen. (laughs) That's the best grandma name. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted people, because the book is a feeling as much as it is a story or a riff or part memoir. There's a feeling. Um, the universe is expanding, has been expanding for 13 billion years. And there are these moments when we go through something, when we either shrink or get smaller or brittle or less flexible or we expand. And now our life includes even that. So, and now that's a part of our story and we own that part of our story, no matter how painful or we didn't want it. And then we are expanding right along with the universe. Like I wanted people to see the deepest things happening in the heart. There's something almost like cosmic about that. Um, Even the fact that we're made, our bodies, carbon, oxygen, nitrogen. I mean, our bodies are made of the same things as everything else. Like this, even when people talk about the environment as if the environment is something other than us, you know what I mean? Mm. Whereas we're something separate, right? As as opposed to everything is made of mostly the same stuff and everything is connected with everything else. It's just a more vibrant, dynamic, alive way to see everything. It also happens to be true as the added benefit of being true. Science. It's true, whether you believe it or not. (laughs) yes it kind of follows i'm a movie person and i do visuals through some of my favorite movies the movie contact Mm -hmm. it kind of which i've never seen and she's immediately like you have to go watch it yes you have to go watch it it was kind of like the part where she dropped into the ball and she's whisking through the wormhole and moving back and forth moving back and forth and the feeling I got was that oh good taking that ride was it like that or what was it like for you as you were writing the book the transitions between the universal and right. the, the universe and the farm and the particular yeah yeah I kept I I I knew like for each of us you double down on the particulars just tell tell what it was like and tell what it felt like and what it tasted like. And that's the universals are always hanging. They're always lurking at hanging out 
in all of those details. They were wearing a green sweater. My kid threw up all their McNuggets or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Like it's the details that are where we find the, even when you have, like you just mentioned movies, you'll be watching a movie that takes place in 18th century Bulgaria. And yet you're like, I know that story. It's completely foreign, every element of it. And yet something within you was like, I know that story. Um, and so I kept tell what's the next story. Okay. Tell that story. what did you learn? Um, what was the truth hiding in that story for you? Well, then what happened? It's like, it was very, very, there's like a purity or an innocence to just tell the story, tell what you learned and then tell the next part. Yeah. It was, yeah. It's like, it's like the head sinking down into heart mm -hmm. and the heart going, what's next? Oh yeah. Yeah. You should probably tell that story. Okay. Yeah, it had this tender sort of open-hearted feel to it. And you talked about that towards the end of the book. You kind of walked us through yes. that the process. Book starts to, the book starts to talk about the book. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it gets a little meta. Yeah. A friend of mine said it's like that Christopher Nolan film Inception. He's like, this was Inception, like the dream within the dream, the book within the book within the book. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I had had that when I realized, oh, I should at some point, in the course of these things I'm telling people about, start talking about something that they wouldn't know that it was this book until I was part way in, and then they would realize I'm talking about this book, and that becomes its own funny thing. Yeah. Staying focused on the personal, on page 10, this resonated with me. You talk about naming your son and watching your dad's face. Yeah. And saying, I want it all in the room. Later in the book, you talk about us coming into the world preloaded. We're not blank slates. And there's those two ideas. We're kind of preloaded like an iPhone. Oh, interesting. That, that's, your, that's, your, that's your image. I yeah. like it. Yeah, those two ideas seem to connect to the other theme of the book about being stuck in the way it always has been. So can you talk a little bit about that? Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, I wanted I wanted to tell about where I came from because we're born into these dramas. A whole world of things has already happened. The people who made us, the people who made them, it's like we're born on, the, on a stage in the second act of the play and there's already been a bunch of stuff that happened. There's already been like a plot unfolding. And I know for many people going back to those dramas and tragedies and loves feels like nostalgic or like it's the wrong direction, but it, it's actually fascinating. And we were shaped and this gives so much clarity and insight about how it is now. So I wanted people to feel like this was actually quite in interesting and helpful and illuminating and surprising. And that you can always shape your narrative in new ways. You're both handed this thing, but then you what do you want to do with it? What do you want to do with these details? 
the year you were born, the town you were born, what you were handed, talent, skill, not talent, not skill, whatever it is. Like, like, what do you want to do with it? What an interesting story. I wanted people to feel the open-ended, where do you want to take it? Where do you want to go? This can be a terribly empowering thing. Uh, yeah, I'm glad. It's interesting you connected those two. That's, that's really interesting. Yeah. Because for many people, well, this is just how it is. But one of the great invitations of being a human is how much of that you can change. Mm -hmm. Well, let's change it. Let's do something else. Yeah. I think terribly empowering has to be the title of this episode. Well, let's say we don't have a title yet. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's amazing how many people that I work with, what, what comes up is way deep down in heart, this very, very subtle disempowerment of, well, this is just how it is. And I've seen again and again, the moment the person makes this, tiny shift and realizes there's this one little tiny millimeter wide gap here that I could actually change it. All it takes is one, one area, one decision, one space in their life where they realize, oh, I could like change that. Mm -hmm. It's almost like all we need. Mm -hmm. And it completely changes uh, sometimes everything. It's very, very interesting how that works. People ask me all the time, you know, how was I able to break a cycle of poverty and abuse? And, you know, how was I able to break that cycle? And my answer is always, I realized I could. Yeah. Wow. Like someone finally told me like, hey, you're like capable and you're deserving of what you want and a good life. And I was like, oh, okay. And then that how was old it. are you? How old were you when they said that? Uh, 16. And it was my husband. Really? Mm -hmm. And he said, what exactly did he say? He was just like, you know, you, you can do something. You can be somebody. And you don't have to repeat this cycle that you've, your family's repeated for generations. And I was like, oh. Wow. <laughs> And then 16. I graduated high school and I was the first one in my family to graduate high school and, um, you know, go to edu get educated beyond that. And it like, it never occurred to me that that was possible because no one ever told me before. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Isn't that fascinating? Like something he says to you when you're 16 and the whole trajectory gets altered. Yeah. That's and here we are today. Seriously, Sarah Sell. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of things um, kind of getting altered and paying attention to what can be changed, you um, talk about seeing midnight oil. Mm -hmm. I have vague memories of them growing up. And Sarah's even younger than us. I've never heard of them. Oh, just go to YouTube. The beds are burning video. Mm. I was okay. I'm gonna do that. Right. 1988 at its finest mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. peak form. <laughs> Absolutely. You talk about resistance and joy, defiance and euphoria, subversion and celebration. 
And Sarah and I went down to the protest in our city down here, and I'm kind of wondering this resonated with me because that's like what it felt like when we were down there. Um, And I'm kind of wondering, you went down to your protest. Did you experience that? Or what is it about the combination of these things that are so impactful for you? Yeah, yeah. And in the book, I talk about how, I mean, I had seen people trying to make change and trying to get people to do things, but it was often with a a heavy-handed or or attitude or guilt or if you just shame people enough or if you just tell them they don't want it bad enough or if you just tell them look what Jesus did for you so if you just hold it over their head somehow the person's heart will magically be transformed but then when I'm 19 I go see this Australian band and they're singing about aboriginal rights and corporate greed and the destruction of the environment but they're doing it with this like exuberant defiant you could dance to it yeah and and it was was like it made me want to be a better person it made me want to do my part it like lit me up but it they didn't say one thing like you should there was no shooting no one got (laughs) should on it was this it was this contagious they were doing their thing and that was what was so intoxicating and like had such an invitation to it. I remember at the time, wait, can you can be angry about how broken the world can be. And there's an element of celebration in there somewhere. And these things that previously for me had been kept separate were somehow sitting side by side and it all worked. Like what you all experienced, my experience at the protests even this year was this solidarity, this love between people, this compassion for those who have been on the receiving end of all kinds of injustice and brutality. And yet we're all here. We're filled with love. We're standing up to this together, but not to keep violence in circulation, but violence stops here. Yeah, you can see people discovering that these two things can can hold hands. And that's when really powerful things like when nelson mandela comes out of prison in south africa he's smiling Mm -hmm. he's been in prison for all these years and he comes out and he's smiling and then a nation goes on to be transformed Mm. i mean that's wow Yeah. yeah wow i think i think for us speaking as a special needs parent or per parent yeah. to a disabled kiddo. I think for us, those themes one run rampant for us and what we kind of have to face every day because there is, I don't know, the resistance that we experience of we have to resist. The kid can't do this. The kid can't do that. Like we have to resist that thinking And I think really the only way we end up facing it head on and keeping our sanity is with the joy, the playfulness, is with the celebration. Like whenever I walk into an IEP meeting, IEP meeting, I have to celebrate what Finn did first and not be concerned with what he can't do. 
Yeah, see, that's when I met you, that's what struck me about you was your joy. Because you were talking very honestly about the frustrations and challenges, but there was this deep reservoir of joy. And when you laughed, it like lit up the room. I was like, oh, this is somebody who's actually, yeah, this lots of people are going to be helped by this person. Oh, yeah, that's what that's what struck me about Aww, you. Thank you. Is that you were, you had like this robust laugh just a millimeter below the surface that you could uncork at any moment if you chose to. She has the best laugh. <laughs> it was the best laugh. And I watched it light up the room and I was like, Aww. the challenges that you were facing and the things that you were up against with that laugh well that's like you can actually do some serious good there. oh thank you mm-hmm. okay and it's so funny because that's exactly how finn is like her son has the best smile like <laughs> he could like melt the iciest heart he's yeah. the sweetest kid oh that's wonderful okay we can be done now thank you Thanks. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, I was going to say Tara, like Tara's the joy. And then I'm more of the, um, I find joy maybe, <laughs> but I'm more of the like dogged pursuit of like, yeah. You no, know, you are going to accommodate my son because he's worthy of that. And I get so much inspiration from my son because he literally doesn't let anything hold him back. Like he does not care (laughs) about your opinion or what you think he can do. He's going to do it anyway. And I find I draw a lot of strength from him when I'm fighting for him because he proves people wrong all the time and he just does it. He doesn't care if you think he can or not. (laughs) Wait, who's learning from who with you and your son? He has taught me so mm-hmm. much. Yeah. Like, he is the smartest person I've ever met in my life. There you go. Well, let, me, let me jump to, since we got into that, let me jump to kind of, it hit me as we were talking about this. You, you've mentioned this kind of ancient wisdom, everything is spiritual, There is a part where you talk about I am, Mm -hmm. right? It, um, that part of talking about I am less of a noun, more of a verb. It feels like for us as special needs parents, we're two disabled kiddos. Sometimes that verb I am gets beaten out of the process of raising them because, with standardized tests, IEPs, objectives, and goals. I guess, how can we remind ourselves that our kids are endlessly becoming, whether they're neurotypical or neurodivergent? How can we remind ourselves, I am, is a verb? Yeah, right. Because some structures are so static. They're so fixed. They're so what are you that they actually work against becoming They're Like you get a number, you get an identification, you get a tag, you get a classification and then that's just who you are. Um, yeah. So I, I think and some, sometimes, I mean, sometimes as for ourselves and especially as parents, 
sometimes you actually limit your kids' contact with certain structures. Um, what, however your kid is, sometimes that's part of your job. You're like, no, 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 this thing is going to tell them something. It's going to like, you know what I mean? It's almost like it's going to give them a little weird ca mental cage here that, no. So how do I protect them from situations that will unnecessarily tell them this is who you are when in fact we're learning who you are and what you can do. Like Sarah said, this kid just keeps, whatever you tell a kid they can't do, the kid will do it. He'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and um, I love this Amer the great American architect, Louis Kahn, when he would begin designing a building, he would say, what does this building want to be? Mm. And I love that on the front end of a project, what does this building want to be? And to me, like, that is serious being a parent wisdom right mm -hmm. there. Who does this kid mm. want to be? Like, what's the thing, what's the force within this kid that is rising up from within this kid and demanding expression? And um, how do you just guide that and be in awe of it? You know what I mean? Like, as opposed to there's this structure we're going to place upon the kid and then watch it crush the kid. What is it that's inside this kid that wants to come out? And mm. how do you support that? Um, so maybe it's that school. Maybe it's not that school. Maybe it's that program. Maybe it's this program. Um, and what I think is actually central to that is seasons. Let's try this for a season. See how it works. Mm -hmm. Because there's always that moment when you're like, oh, something's, something shifted. Oh, it's the end of a season. Mm -hmm. Great. That program worked. That mentor, that school, that club. I mean, with our kids, the amount of times that it's been like, okay, end of the season. That's a good season. Mm -hmm. Thank God. We're, we're grateful for it now. We're done with it. Mm -hmm. What's the next one? Now it's trying something else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's also important to ask your kids, what do they want to be? What do they want to do? Like growing Absolutely. up in the 80s, like kids didn't really count. Like kids didn't get to have opinions. We didn't right. get to be in charge of our own lives. Right. And now there's this whole movement of like, no, a kid is a person. <laughs> like they can yeah. have some say in their own life. And I, I love that. Like they know so much more than we give them credit for. Right, right, right. And what you're actually doing, the thing you're doing underneath everything is every way that you can help the kid trust their own deep knowing. Like, obviously, as a parent, you're like, hey, don't, don't play in the street. So there are things that you just know that the kid, here's how to change a flat tire or whatever it is. Here's how to think. But there's also this process from early on where you're, um, you're, 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 everything you're doing is to help the kid learn to know who they are and learn to trust their own deep sense mm -hmm. of self. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and like you said, Sarah, that as they know this, they're able to actually voice it. And that's totally different than old world, which was, uh, this is the sausage making process, turn the crank. This is what we're doing. I mean, when my son was, 15 one of our boys was like i don't want to go to my junior year of high school i want to do an online school and travel with you dad and like 
do this go to the stuff you're doing okay oh yeah so we spent like a year together and he like did his high school on a laptop um yeah because that kid at that time was like i know what the next year looks like for me and you trusted that yeah and then uh oh this is interesting let's follow this see where it leads see what we all learn Hmm. yeah and how having a 15 year old wanting to hang out with you come on how great (laughs) that's the best thing yes that's like parent winning right there right when you have your 15 year old hang with you right right absolutely i was like yes this is gonna be so much fun um you get to a point in the book where you were talking about being in the hospital and this um this resonates with me and sarah because we've experienced having our children in the hospital and you talk about coming to the end of yourself. Yeah. Woo. Woo. Talk more about the now what question coming to the end of yourself and how that might be an invitation, even though we're saying it out of despair. Yeah. I got viral meningitis where the fluid around your brain gets swollen and infected and it squeezes your brain against the wall of your skull. And it hurts so bad that when the doctor explained that, I was like, so that's what that was. And everybody who has it I've ever met is, says you think you're going you just think you're going to die. And wow. and um I was uh what ending it was the ending of college and all my plans had fallen apart and I had no idea what I was going to do with my life because I guess you're supposed to get a job or something. But there was just this how when your plan falls apart. It was supposed to go a different way. And there's this obviously ancient link between grief and imagination and between sorrow and creativity because you were like, this is how it's supposed to go. You were clinging to a set of assumptions and plans and then those are in a million pieces at your feet. And so you have to come up with a new tomorrow. And that's a fundamentally creative act. Um, It was supposed to go this way. It did it. Well, then now we have to figure it out. Well, figuring it out is a creative act. So this is why throughout history, there's, there's always this interesting link. There's often in grief, these seeds of imagination, you lost something. So what's going to replace it? I don't know. We'll have to cook something new up. So um, creativity can sometimes be, oh, I was just visited by these magical ideas. And then I just got out the paintbrush and made, but oftentimes creativity and imagination is a new tomorrows and new creation happens out of things that we never would have chosen or wished upon ourselves. This wasn't the plan. Yeah. I didn't select this option in the drop down menu. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yes. Uh, yes. Yeah, there was that feeling in the hospital, like this rage of it's almost like at the universe, like now what? Mm. Like what am I supposed to do now? Like I don't have any ideas here. I'm just in a great deal of pain. And I have no idea what's coming next. But then there's this, if you follow it, and that's the key, is you have to give it all expression. You have to let yourself, in our house, we talk about feeling the feels. Like you got to gotta go the whole, anything that you repress, you avoid any feeling that you hold down, well, then it'll just come up in some other way. Mm-hmm. So you got to get all that stuff mm-hmm. out. But then the now what turned into like a genuine curiosity. 
like now what uh and that's almost like the move from scarcity to abundance Mm -hmm. now what Mm -hmm. okay i'm open i'm out of ideas i'm Mm -hmm. at the end of myself Mm -hmm. i have no energy left i've tried everything and that is when all the inter often when the interesting stuff comes up and you think about recovery movements generally the first thing that happens is you come to the end of yourself i made a mess of things i got i'm a i got no more ideas oh good now you're in a wonderful place now you're ready to receive so you're open and your heart is receptive well that's then often when you pick up things you never would have thought of in a million years Mm-hmm. Yeah, so counterintuitive and upside down the way it actually works. Yeah, grief and creation. I mean, we have this podcast because of the grief that I experienced with Finn's epilepsy diagnosis and his autism diagnosis. And he has a path that's just, you know, way harder than what I would have wanted for him. Yeah. I mean, Notice when I asked you right before we started recording about how you met, you bonded over your kids. I can only imagine that the two of you went to a depth in your friendship, like instantly. Mm-hmm. You were not talking about what your favorite yoga class is, probably. Or like, I don't know, we're thinking about this cruise in February, right? Like I, I, which is fine, I guess. But I imagine that the two of you went to depth meaning significance like instantly (laughs) yeah and you never would have perhaps picked a certain path and yet the the substance and the connection that you have Mm -hmm. comes about yeah fascinating how all this works it's really interesting because one of our first episodes is called if you meet one person with autism, you've met one person with autism. Our kids are completely different. Oh, that's a great title, by the way. Yeah, they have the same yeah. diagnosis, but they're completely different. Um, you know, they present totally differently and their personalities are totally different. Their challenges are totally different. Um, my son is autistic, but he also really struggles with severe mental illness. Um, mm. So he's been hospitalized several times for suicidal ideation, suicidal attempts. Uh, the first time was when he was five. Mm. Um, like none of that is in what to expect when you're expecting. Yeah. Like none of that. <laughs> um, so, you know, even though like Tara hasn't dealt with that, I haven't dealt with epilepsy, but we still have this common, you know, there's still this common undercurrent of I see you. Yeah. I know what you're going through. Maybe not the specifics, but I've got you. And we also mm-hmm. say, um, we'll come down to the, the pit with you. I'll sit with you in sit the dark. In the darkness with you. And then there'll, there'll be another time that I'll be in the dark and I'll come and sit with you. You know, wow. the, the trick is to never be in the darkness at the same time. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, plan right. it out. Stagger it. Stagger it. Right. Plan. Yes, yeah, schedule, schedule it. Schedule the breakdowns. That's, that's important. Oh, Wow. And I love what you were saying um, about the creativity. What I took from that is that creativity is self-care. So there's been so many times that, 
you know, I'll be talking to Tara and I'm like, this is happening. This is happening. I don't know what to do. This is horrible. And she'll be like, we need to talk about it. We need to do an episode about this. And it helps. Like it really helps. Oh yeah. And you know, if I'm going through this, maybe someone else is, or maybe someone else will be, and they'll find it and it'll help them someday. And you know, uh, that just makes so much sense to me that creativity yeah, it's interesting how you instinctively, oh, this thing that we're about to talk about, we should record this because perhaps it will be converted into blessing for someone else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, that's And it's happened. We've gotten so many messages from people like, that's what I needed to hear. Um, I'm going through this exact thing and it may seem little to us, but there's a reason that we're talking about it and yeah, right. we have helped people through that. And I don't know, it blows my mind sometimes. I know. Right. It's, yeah. Like it's crazy. Like just because we're having a conversation about something that is impacting us, like how crazy is it that someone else will hear it? And then they're like, Oh, I feel better. Or yes. Yeah. Me too. Just the fact that like people listen to what we have to say on purpose <laughs> Look at Tara's laugh. Right. What? Tara. <laughs> My kids don't listen to me, and they're supposed to. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but see, you're laughing. See, the it's the people who can, are in on the joke that can actually help other people. Like, if you two are like, we're doing a very, we have a very important mission with our podcast, and we're very serious. Like, oh, okay, fine. That's great. But the two of you are laughing that you have a podcast. And that you record yourselves and it helps. So it's like you're the people who can actually help. It's like, look at this thing run a ball of rock hurtling through space at 67,000 miles an hour. Meteorites flying by. There's a red planet called Mars you can see sometimes. What is this? And then we make (laughs) these other human beings who have their own histories and dramas and challenges. Look at this story we're all in. Mm -hmm. What in the world? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. you, I it's all kind of ridiculous when you think about it. Yeah, it is. Right. It's like it, it's even, especially in sorrow and pain and unexpected suffering. If you're not, if you don't, aren't winking, you're not paying attention. Like mm-hmm. if you're not having a good laugh about the absurdity of it all from time to time, you're not actually taking it seriously enough. Mm-hmm. If you really take it seriously, you're going to end up laughing like Tara was just laughing. Mm-hmm. What in the what is this? (laughs) Well, I come by honestly. My father, um, he laughs like that, and he he was one of the ones who kind of grounded me through the early stages with what was going on with Finn. Um, Mm. So it was it. I mean, it was very. Oh, just I mean, just having him you know, be able to laugh with me about just the craziness of it all and remind yeah. me of that was was super helpful. So there's something, if if people are listening, you can find somebody to help you laugh through whatever you might be facing right now. And if you don't have yeah. that person, I'll be that person for you. That's right. That's right. And if I can't be that person, Owen will be that person because <laughs> he's the funniest person in the world. <laughs> Okay, there are That's great. There are 20,000 million more questions that we can Let's keep, do a couple. Well, we can we can get to maybe like let's see, maybe one more. Okay, right? let's do it. 
Okay. Tara, Rob Bell wants to talk to you. I know. And he wants you to ask him more questions. I know. I And <laughs> I mean, if we want to do this again, like there's a whole part in there about church stuff that we didn't get to. And like how you pulled back the curtain on that. Oof. It was amazing. <laughs> I don't know if I'm strong enough for that today. I know. Okay. Okay. Oh, no, hey, Sarah, nothing but grace and love. Nothing, <laughs> nothing but grace, but grace and love and, and love. flow. Yeah. Yeah. And right. no strength needed. <laughs> well, yes Terry. tomorrow is the election yes deep breath so whew, what what ancient wisdom should we be tapping into or paying attention to or what might we find in the book to kind of keep us grounded and not losing know, our minds i know i know i know well Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, in our house we talk about apocalyptic hope mm -hmm. so the word apocalypse oftentimes people say oh man it just felt like an apocalypse but what, the, but what they mean is an ending but the word apocalypse is a Greek word and it means a revealing mm. or a disclosing or an unmasking so a true apocalypse is not necessarily an ending it's all the facades got ripped away and you saw what really was. So you think about this past year, uh, what we now know is that a number of these social media algorithms bend towards the fictitious and outrageous. Mm -hmm. What we now know is this economic system favors, it puts more and more money in the hands of the richest. And what we know about this election, about this political system is it says it's a representative democracy, but then lots of candidates are backed by large corporations. Mm -hmm. So a number of these structures and institutions are not serving us well. Mm -hmm. So when you see it feels like everything's melting down, you can't build new systems and structures and institutions until you're in enough pain and the old ones have been properly unmasked. Mm -hmm. You know what, I, you know what I'm saying? So for example, in our country, there is a political party that when more people vote, they don't do as well. So they, are, they have actively worked to make sure less people are getting registered to vote. That's mm -hmm. called voter suppression. And that sort of happened just below the surface, but it's now just honest. There's just honesty mm -hmm. about it. Out in the open. Not even pretending anymore. Mm -hmm. So that can, that's incredibly, it makes you just want to punch a wall and it makes you incredibly angry, but how are you ever going to get progress unless it gets unmasked? So in our family, we talk about apocalyptic hope, meaning, good God, this is painful and bloody and brutal, but in a weird sort of way, it's progress. You got to rip got to rip the band-aids and the masks off all of this and get to it so i would say to everybody this media system this social media disinformation system this all of it's like it's makes your head hurt like you said deep breath deep breath deep breath but that's how you build something better is like even they're talking about massive already massive voter turnout mm -hmm. 
Well, why is there such massive voter turnout? Because of pain. Um, we'll find out all kinds of things tomorrow, but they're saying record numbers of people are coming out to vote. Yeah, because the thing is like headed off, headed towards a cliff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say to people, the feeling of disorientation, the feeling of vertigo, the feeling of, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I totally affirm all that. Totally true. And it just may be how you get to a better world. Mm-hmm. That blew my mind. Okay. Please write that book next. Yeah. <laughs> maybe this. T- maybe the title of this could be Apocalyptic Pain or Apocalyptic Hope. Yeah. So then you type. think. So the, the the second thing to think about is, anytime you see something larger, like communally or politically, that you're like, what? Generally, the political and the communal, and the national is just a larger version of the intimate personal. So you like mm-hmm. ask yourself. You try to find it within yourself. So an example would be, why did all those people vote for that man? Well, they were filled with resentment. Mm -hmm. Well, when you're filled with resentment, do you make the best choices? Are you at like peak rational thought when you're filled with rage and anger because it feels like a system rejected you or has no place for you? It's, It's like even you can compassionately disagree but if you can somehow find yourself in it, mm-hmm. you can at least see. Or, for example, think of how many people from birth were taught somebody who's not like you, keep them at a distance and be hostile because they're probably probably coming for something you have. Mm-hmm. And well, that they're less is, than, they don't deserve. Exactly. And that is, if you've only ever been taught lack and scarcity, there's only limited resources. Um, we've been we've been shortchanged uh-huh. because of them. Imagine if you have a lifetime of those messages. Of course, you are going to ha- vote a particular way, say certain things, organize. Um, this person has been living with a scarcity understanding of the universe for. 58 years yeah and it shaped them Mm -hmm. um so that tells me all the more these everything is spiritual Mm -hmm. these what we talk to our kids about is it a world of scarcity or is it a world of abundance is it a world where you have to protect yourself from the unknown or is the unknown often have an adventure waiting for you in it Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. this person who doesn't look anything like you who knows what wonderful gifts they have for you. Maybe they're your next teacher. We don't mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love so all that. That's what's happening right now. So that's we're all going to hold hands and we'll get through tomorrow and whatever oh, it brings. my word. I like we'll celebrate my birthday breath. on Wednesday. Yay. Perfect. I get turmoil Perfect. for my birthday. Perfect. <laughs> Happy birthday. <laughs> okay i want to close it out can i read it and end a line in the end of the book sure without giving away the end by the way the end made me kind of tear up i was laughing i was tearing up i was like this is crazy it was amazing so you write everything is spiritual there's a universe there in your chest a cosmos in your heart we know there's more We've known it the entire time. 
Wow. So good, as you would say. So good. So thank you for that gift, because that yeah. is a wonderful, I think, way to end that and put that out there. That we have Thank a you for reading it to me. Cosmos in our heart. I loved that. Yeah. Yeah. I think about all the people who have some sense that there's more for them. Mm-hmm. Some idea, some next step, some hunch, some like almost glimpse of, I think there might be some better way to do this. Or there might be, there might be some rule I've been living according to that isn't a rule that I don't have to follow anymore. And it's like, I, there's got this is tomorrow just an endless repeat of today mm-hmm. or could tomorrow be different? And it's like, yes, that thing in you that's wondering, yes, follow it, mm-hmm. follow it, follow it. Well, Rob Bell, Thank you so much for coming to talk to us today. This was my pleasure. I appreciate it. My pleasure. And I'll remind everybody, there's the book. I would go out and get it so you can read it tomorrow and have something to do besides pay attention to the news while we all sit back and wait. Yes. Uh, I, I love talking to you too. It's great to meet you, Sarah. It's good to meet you. Thank you so much for all your wisdom and awesomeness and letting me soak it in apocalyptic hope that's what we have yes i love it all right everybody thank you for listening rob bell come back anytime you're awesome all right and we will oh and people can also listen to rob bell's podcast the robcast yes a little plug there for you we're gonna plug rob bell (laughs) what is this life (laughs) what is happening (laughs) oh and the next time when we come out to la again um you may know oprah but we know where to get Oprah tequila. Got the hookup. So we could chat to our mom. That could there you go. That could happen. Blueberry right. pancakes that will make you cry. High rollers. There you go. <laughs> All right. Have, thank Much you. love. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.